Hello and welcome to the Max Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Joanna Friel, Chairman for the Chislehurst Society. Joanna, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about how you came to be where you are today? Oh, poor me. Um, I'm Chairman of the Chislehurst Society and have been just for a couple of years, but I've been a volunteer with the Society, which is a, a local charity, for the last 12 years. I, um, I was working in the career service, but um, I have a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and I, I have a degree in um, history. And I just thought when I retired on health grounds, what can I do sitting on my bottom? And um, it turned out that there was a, a sort of vacancy on the trustee board of the Chisler Society for their heritage representative. So I tentatively went along to a meeting and of course you soon find yourself inveigled into the whole thing. And um, 14 late years later, I'm now chair of the society, but I've written a couple of books on local history and local history is my absolute passion, even though the society does a number of other things to do with the local environment and the local community. But um, I'm just thrilled to be able to answer people's questions um, relating to their family history, really, um, often based on the resources that we hold. Because you seem quite an open society, very sociable. We try to be as much as possible. We have 4,000 members, um, not just in Chislehurst. We've got members actually in Australia and Canada, um, obviously our postal members. But um, we have our, I was going to say head office, but it's our only office at the old chapel um, in Queen's Passage, just, just off the high street in, in Chislehurst. And in better times, when we're not all isolating, um, we hold coffee mornings for um, the community and we do a number of uh, afternoon talks and we try and arrange meetings and show off some of the items that we have. And basically we're here to, to answer the questions from the local community. And that of course always takes us down a number of footpaths. We're very, very closely linked with our um, other local charity, which is the Chislehurst Commons. Um, we are in fact the, the freeholder of Chislehurst Commons, which makes me the Lord of the Manor. Um, <laughs> which is, uh, brings with it all sorts of legal machinations, let me tell you. But um, no, we enjoy all the open, green open space in Chislehurst, and that means that we can um, help our members to enjoy that environment as well. So how do you spend an average day um, as, as chairman? Is it, do you still do a lot of things that you do with your heritage um, role as well? Or, or yeah, it's... Um, there's, there isn't a typical day, which I'm sure you must hear from everybody. And, and once in a blue moon, there, there's nothing to do. Isn't that wonderful? But it, it, it doesn't happen. Um, I mean, mostly I'm answering emails and attending meetings. And those can be on a number of different subjects um, with um, social distancing coming in. There have been lots of Zoom meetings about how we help the high street to get back on its feet and how we organise people to navigate staying you know two meters apart and, and to the left and then the next minute i'll be attending a meeting about um air quality or indeed access rights across the common so um th there's a lot of email activity and, and a lot of meetings we actually we only had our agm uh, postponed but we had that uh, at a social distance yesterday and then wonderfully i'm answering inquiries um, from people who are looking into their family history so we get, a, um, I'm doing a lot of genealogical stuff. Um, 
which is just like a, a, doing a jigsaw. I mean, even yesterday, I had a couple of people um, come into my garden because they had discovered we, we, we needed to have a meeting to look at some of the resources we, we could, we've got. And they had discovered in the attics of a family house, a beautiful but unfinished um, patchwork. And within that patchwork were templates which had been cut from old Victorian calling cards. Now these people don't live in Chislehurst, so when they showed me the calling cards, which were all cut from a, a particular lady's collection in Chislehurst, I was ridiculously excited because I recognized names from our significant past. So I was able to share my knowledge of Chislehurst, which is based on going through all the books uh, that we have in our collection um, with them. And we've started slowly to put um, a social history together. And we may even get a booklet published out of it. And we'll certainly get um, an afternoon talk because the quilt itself is fascinating. They've been up to the Quilting Museum in um, York just before lockdown and got a lot of information. They're in touch with the V&A. Um, and then with the information that we've got here locally, put the two together. And I think there's quite a story to tell. So I'm excited. And those are the sorts of happy, crazy things that I get involved in. So do you have your own collection? Um, is it quite wide? Oh, I wish. Uh, no, I, we, we have our own co collection, but I, I, I almost don't call it a collection. It's, it's a cupboard of slightly disorganized ephemera. Um, <laughs> and it's growing um, because we receive um, donations. We're in a, a, a fortunate um, position that when people uh, clear out their family attics um, when older members of the family perhaps have passed away, they come across a number of items and they think, oh, I'm not going to throw this away. This might be interesting. What can I do with it? Oh, I know. I'll get in touch with the Chisler Society. So we have a lovely selection of books, um, some um, editions of Webb's History of Chislehurst. This is a, a book the size of the Bible, um, which, like an old family Bible, which only 500 were ever printed back in 1900, um, 1899. And we've got a couple of those which have been donated to us. And on the open market, those would fetch about 300 pounds. Um, and they really are such a resource to us in terms of an itinerary of Chislehurst way back when. We have wonderful old photographs that have been collected, donated to us. We have maps, um, mugs um, that were given to children in Chislehurst uh, at the um, Jubilee and um, at the coronation of King George V, would you believe? Um, I even have um, a Zulu Asagai sword uh, within my collection. So when I say collection, we've, we've got paintings and portraits and maps and things like that. It is small and it's growing and we welcome anything that anybody wants to bring along to us and we will find the right home for it. Sometimes we keep it, sometimes and it's a, a particularly precious item which shouldn't just stay in Chisler, so we actually give it to the Bromley archives who are seriously organized. And so for researchers, the, the valuable research items really need to go to the Bromley collection. Do you have a lot of links with sort of local historical things like uh, the Bromley Archives or is there a local museum? There isn't a local museum. That's one of my dreams to have 
a local information centre or a museum because Chislehurst has so much history about incredibly important people. I mean, the last emperor of France, Napoleon III, he lived in Chislehurst, he died in Chislehurst. Uh, Malcolm Campbell, the speed king, he was born here, he's buried here. Sir John Lubbock, the man that gave us bank holidays, he lived here. Uh, William Willett, the man that changed the clocks, you know, British summertime, he made all his uh, preparations through Parliament from Chislehurst. And, oh, I'd, I'd be thrilled to display some of the items that we've got and create um, a walk-through time zone, if you were. Um, we've, we've got the resources to start it off, um, but we're a volunteer organisation, a charity. Um, I've applied for Heritage Lottery Funds before and been successful. It's something I would love to do, and maybe, maybe that'll be my legacy for Chislehurst, we'll see. But, but our links are for, for serious researchers are with the Bromley Archives, definitely. You've mentioned you get um, genealogy requests and things like oh, that. Oh, yes. Is there anything more unusual that people come to ask you about? Um, no, it is, it is mostly about uh, their family heritage, but, but it's glorious because just the other day I had somebody send me um, a photograph of their great-grandfather who happened to be the station master at Chislehurst when Queen Victoria was, was coming through um, to visit the Empress and Napoleon III. Um, and then literally two weeks later, I had an email from somebody saying, I am researching my great-great-grandfather who happened to be the station master at Chislehurst. And so in the end, I was able to connect two completely different people who were second cousins um, and had never met before, all through the same genealogical inquiry. And that just gives me great pleasure. Um, so it's a question of storing up the information and, and cataloging all those emails and, and requests and things like that. But um, we, do, we do get fascinating um, calls. I mean, I said to you, the, the collection is housed in a cupboard, but that cupboard itself is a piece of local Chislehurst heritage because it's a beautiful painted door and in one of our books, which is called Edwardian Chislehurst, there's a story of a local painter and decorator who you, back in um, 1900, who used to paint his doors. Well, one of my volunteers was walking through the village one day through one of the older part, one older streets of Chislehurst and he noticed in a skip outside this beautiful painted door. So he said to the chap who owned the house, could I take that? And the man was perfectly happy for him to have it. So at the Chislehurst Society Old Chapel, which is our, our offices, this door turned up. Um, and it turns out to be one of the examples that was talked about in, in this Edwardian Chislehurst book. So we had the door cleaned because it was covered in cigarette stains, I have to say. But it's beautiful watercolour, um, sorry, oil. And it now adorns, it's now the cupboard door of our collection. So it's things like that that bring our history alive and makes a collection tangible, very tactile. And for me, the whole idea of the collection is that we're able to tell stories. One of the um, objects of the Chislow Society is to let people know about the area, obviously what it's like now. We want to encourage people to come and live here and enjoy the place but also what it was like in days gone by. And we can tell stories through doing that. I mean, I've got a, I've got a history group that researches the area and tells 
local stories, but we have in the past had a junior history group and we've told um, murder mystery stories because there happened to be a couple of nasty murders that happened in Chislehurst way back when. Um, so you're quite safe. But that to me is, is the pleasure of the items that get given to us. We can turn them into stories and we can bring our history alive. Speaking of stories, you must tell me how you came across a Zulu spear. <laughs> if only. Um, well, I, I mentioned our coffee mornings and um, one of our older visitors arrived with his walking stick and a very long, um, what I thought was a flagpole in a plastic bag. And he said, I, I want you to have this. And he um, removed the plastic bag with quite a flourish. And I wasn't scared, but I was concerned because he was um, not the most sturdy of gentlemen. He could easily have fallen over and speared me, quite frankly. Um, but he had this genuine Asagai um, Zulu sword. Um, Prince Imperial, son of Emperor Napoleon III, unfortunately um, died on military service in South Africa and he was speared to death by the Zulus. And this was this sword that was being shown to me was of that type. I'm, obviously, it wasn't the one, but it, it's a genuine um, Zulu item. And this gentleman had got it, um, not from a boot sale, but from a, an eclectic sale some years ago. He was moving to a smaller property and he said, I, I want you to have it. So we now have this genuine Zulu sword. Um, I can't really put it on display. I think it might be quite dangerous if somebody decided to borrow it, shall we say, which probably couldn't happen, but I've got to be careful. But it does mean that if I go and do talks on our imperial legacy um, on my stronger days, I can take the sword with me. Um, certainly keep the audience in control, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of course, the things that you, you find and skip. I know, from skips. And it's just, it, it's a, but that's the pleasure of the Chislehurst Society. You meet so many um, people who are interested and devoted to the place and they want you to carry on the storytelling. And I, I find that a great honour, really. What would you say is your biggest challenge when it comes to, um, you know, telling stories, um, getting in touch with people, engaging people? Mm. It's um, my biggest challenge is, is being organized and selecting what I, I want to use and making sure I can find what I want. But the, the great challenge is reaching the people who are not our members, people who you would want to find out more about Chislehurst. I said we have 4,000 members, but you know there are 16,000 people live in Chislehurst, so the, the vast majority are not our members and, and um, possibly don't even know about us. Our, our, our old chapel is down Queen Pas Queen's Passage, which is tucked off Chislehurst High Street behind um, Go Travel and Cafe Nero. And unless you, you know about us, we're not immediately obvious. I'm trying to put a lovely sort of heritage sign, finger post sign on the passage so people can find us more easily. But it is always reaching those that are not your members and people that you would like to reach out to and, and getting young people engaged so that we've got the next generation of, of volunteers to help us. It's, um, we're entirely a volunteer organisation and the trustee board of 12 people. And we're always looking for other people who can give us their time but 
you know, people are looking after their grandchildren or they're working, obviously. Times are very different from the generation that, where my mother was doing volunteering all the time. It's, uh, time is a precious resource. So that's, that's the challenge, really. It's, in, it's engaging people and, and getting to people to give us um, moments, opportunities of their time. It's not difficult to tell the stories. It's, it's engaging with it. It's getting the audience in the first place. Do you work with local schools to kind of try and get them involved? Yes, I'm, I'm very lucky that um, the primary schools in particular, um, I usually go and give a talk about um, their environment. And um, oh, it's wonderful because they always say things like, um, were you there, miss? You know, did you know the emperor? And I think, Holly, how old do I look? Um, but, but they have no sense of time or space. And, and they're, they're absolutely delightful to be with. And then we, we offer work experience too. So some of the secondary schools um, could come along and work with us for a week and get involved in our marketing. They could write articles for our magazine. And if they were particularly interested in history, I would get them um, to perhaps do an article for our website on a particular story. Um, and we also run competitions um, and, and every year get youngsters from the schools to give us their, their ideas and they can... Um, get financial prizes from us. So um, it's worth getting involved with the Chisler Society at, at a school level. And, and I'm lucky we have a schools forum and we, we do link in with, with all the schools, but they themselves are incredibly busy and it, it really has to hit their curriculum if, if it's going to um, be a long-term thing with the schools. So obviously you want to engage as much as of the local community as possible, um, you really want a museum, but yeah, well, I think we're going to call it an information centre. I, I wonder if the museum—it's got an old image, hasn't it? That word. Yeah, maybe. I know the Museums Association are looking at updating the um, definition to make it more accessible and more relevant to the modern age. Exactly. I mean, we've got premises. We could easily get lots of interactive um, materials uh, around and. It's the sort of thing that Max Communications could help us with, you know, digitizing so much of the, the information we've got. Is there any... You're giving me ideas. You'll have to be careful. <laughs> Is there any particular thing you kind of want to collect? Is there a book that you, you wish you had access to or anything like that? Um, oh, I still want to get hold of a photograph of the original Chislehurst Railway Station. Mm -hmm. um, I still want images that relate to the northern half of Chislehurst, the Royal Parade End um, and the village, we have a good selection of photographs of because um, you may have heard of Cooling's Garden Centre, but the Cooling's family were photographers and they started off in Chislehurst and we have access to a number of the photographs that they took. But they seem to focus very much on those two areas, Royal Parade, the Commons and the High Street. Whereas if you go up Red Hill to Whitehorse Hill and you look towards London, that's an amazing part of Chislehurst, really an old industrial part. It, it's where the potteries were, where they made um, clay tiles, some of which went on the roof of Hampton Court Palace, I'll tell you. But um, I know, it's crazy the things I know, but um, we lack the evidence for those stories because they, they haven't been captured. So if anyone had old photographs relating to Whitehorse Hill, um, Red Hill, and looking north towards London. I, I'd love to see what people's view 
from Chislehurst of London was back in the 19th century because you know we're only we're only 13 miles from the centre of London mm. and the whole reason that people came and settled here in Chislehurst was because of the beautiful green the area and it was a healthy place to be and it still is with all the commons but it was so easy to access London um, they had their estates here and their private lives shall we say in London their business lives and I, the connection you know Chislehurst is just it's just a suburb of London on the border of Kent and I'd I'd love to find more information about that Chislehurst London link um, because I think it's quite significant as to the success of Chislehurst quite frankly. Yeah yeah it's a sort of perfect meeting between town and country really. Exactly you've hit the nail on the head and that's why we all love living here because because we've got access to all the um, wonderful parts of London and we've got access to the Kent countryside and we're right on, on, the, on the cusp of both. Yeah, lovely places to play cricket and things like that as well. That's right, that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got some lovely archives relating to the Cricket Club, which is the only cricket club in the country controlled by Act of Parliament. Oh, so, how did that happen? It, well, it's part of the Commons and oh, of course, yeah. protected by Act of Parliament. So um, it, it's funny little things like that, which all become part of the stories we tell. What is your most favourite item? Just your personal favourite? Oh, it has to be the Camden Place map. Um, that was... It is a, a very large map which we display on the wall in, inside the old chapel. And Max Communications um, digitised that for us so that we could put it more in the, in the um, face of people as they could really easily access it rather than just coming into the chapel to see it. It's a very large document. And it... It came to us um, as a scruffy, torn, folded, creased and stained document from a gentleman who'd bought it on eBay for a, a reasonable sum of money. And he brought it to me knowing that I would lap it up because it shows what the Camden Place estate looked like at the time of Napoleon III. And it shows the homes of our very significant residents, including those that I mentioned before, Malcolm Campbell and people like that. So with the map, I really can um, tell people, tell the stories of Chislehurst, which are very significant. And so we, got, we used that map, to, we, we bought it from this gentleman and I have to say he gave the proceeds of that sale to the National Lifeboat Association. So it, that was a pleasure that we were able to benefit another charity in the purpose. We then got a um, heritage lottery grant to restore the map. So my history group had three years of learning about conservation uh, practices. We went up to um, a museum at, at Duxford, the Imperial War Museum that's there, and they did the co paper conservation for us. And then we produced booklets and uh, information banners using all the information from the map. So not only have I got information, but I've actually got a real friendship with the gentleman who sold us the map. And he had other stories of his childhood when he was scrumping around in Chislehurst, probably where he shouldn't have been, but telling the stories of all the big houses. And um, I formed a friendship with him. He had other documents which helped me write my book on Lubbock Road. And it just, 
it just grew like topsy and that map is still on our wall and honestly anytime anybody any new person comes into the to the chapel they're completely drawn to it and it it's the start of a conversation so i'm i'm proud of it it's very special um and it it captures the the heart of what chislehurst was and even is so it, it's just yeah it's very it's very dear to my heart how big is it oh gosh um i'm not good on sizes so it is it's got to be three foot across, three and a half foot across, and two and a half foot down. Okay. So it's, a, it's a good portrait size when fully unfolded, unfurled on my wall. And it's behind um, museum quality glass so that it can't get um, faded by any sunlight. Um, yeah. So it's seriously protected and endorsed by the um, National uh, the, the Heritage Lottery. That's wonderful that you yeah. managed to get funding to preserve that piece of heritage. I mean, even through that, I met the chair of the Heritage Lottery Foundation, who happened to live in Chislehurst at the time, and I, I was I was put in touch with her by my hairdresser, who said, "You ought to meet this lady." She said, "You both have something in common: um, history and hounds, and now hair, um, because she has a, she has a dog. She loved history, and we were both at the hairdressers. And of course, she then came and unveiled the map for us at, at the library when we when we first showed it to everybody in Chislehurst. So. Yeah, it's been a big part of my life. That sounds really nice and friendly and very British, I have to say. Yes, I'm afraid that's probably true. <laughs> um, thank you so much for agreeing to speak to me today, Joanna. You've been a pleasure. You, the stories you have, it's so obvious you love the place you live. I um, do. Yes, I, I love... I can't wait to see what you managed to dig out next. What what corner yes, exactly. you managed to find from what you find. I feel like you should have Antiques Roadshow and just see what people in the. Oh, I know. And all, all, well, that's a good idea. What a good idea! Thank you. Well, when 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 we're all allowed to meet, we could do it in the car park at the old chapel. Yes. Yeah. So you've got. Got me going. Exactly. One of one of the presenters of um, Antiques Roadshow operates from the Ripley Arts Centre, so. We've, we've got um, an expert on tap, I'm sure. You've got an in there, you've got an in. Yeah, exactly, that's what it's all about. Thank you, Faith. Thank you. Um, if you've got any photos of the train station, North Chislehurst, yes, get, get in touch with you, you'll be delighted, I'm sure. Totally, bless you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here we are then.